welcome to another episode of Striking Conversations. You have me, your host, Andre, and then today our special guest, who is in the world of beats, <laughs> our friend Kate Lewis. Or do you want to use Kate Lewis? How, how do you Kate want Kate Bell. Kate Bell. There yep. you go. Keeping the bell. There you go. Keeping the bell. Yep. Alrighty. Well, we're talking a little bit about bees and like, I mean, how, how, okay, I've known you a long time, <laughs> a very we, long we time. We figured out how long, about 18 years now. 18 solid years, which yeah. means that, well, <laughs> technically, friendship-wise, we're legal. There you go, so, yeah. Yeah, can't drink can't, yet. Or buy cigarettes anymore. Wait, that, that changed? 21. 21? Yes. That song is stopping. <laughs> you <laughs> no, know that. It never has, it never will. But, um... <laughs> But yeah, I I mean, like, how'd you get into the whole beekeeping and bees in general? Like, walk me through that, because I just question. never saw this coming. I know, neither did I. I was always terrified of flying, stinging things growing up. Uh, so we moved out to Navasota, mm-hmm. bought 40 acres as a little homestead with my, my parents, my sister, her family. Uh, mom has a green thumb. She can literally keep anything alive. Um, and so she wanted to start an orchard and we decided that at that point that we needed some pollinators and we had gone to a couple of bee forums at one of the local nurseries, um, got really interested in beekeeping just in general and saw how beneficial it just was for kind of everyday life and Mm -hmm. said, Hey, I think we could do that. Uh, unfortunately we killed our first bees. <laughs> oh my, okay, so what happened? Like, how do you kill bees? Don't they just die if they sting you? Dude, you think? Did you get stung that many times? No, you, like, honestly, a lot of people are like, oh man, they're super self-sufficient. Like, they, they survive in the wild. We were in that same category. Uh, got two nukes and, and put, you know, installed them in the boxes. We did not realize you were supposed to feed them sugar water. Like oh. the first couple of months, like okay. that was never gone over in the bee forums we went to. So basically, they all starved to death. Yes. Okay. I know. Which, in your defense, <laughs> I didn't even know you need to feed bees. I'm like, they normally just do their thing in Mother Nature, Dude. and they're not like going to the Kroger or the Ralphs or whatever store there is here yeah. and getting stuff. Like, you don't go into, like, a farm store and be like, I need bee feed. Yeah. It's, like, not a thing. No. And so, yeah, I, I literally cried the day that I found oh. out we killed our bees. I mean, I wept. Because, um, A, it's not inexpensive to keep bees. Like, it's very, very costly. Yeah, I was actually watching the- on Amazon um, Clarkson's Farm, and they decided to do beekeeping. And he's like, yeah, these things are expensive. Dude. Like... Uh, from a from like point A to point Z, like there's just a lot of costs associated with it. Mm-hmm. So, long story short, we tried again the following spring because that's when you get your bees is in, is in spring. And um, in the meantime, we did a little bit of research. We're like, okay, obviously we don't know as much as we thought mm-hmm. we did. Found a local apiary that was about 15 minutes from the house, which was crazy because. In Navasota, everything's like an hour plus away from us. I mean, the the nearest grocery store is a Walmart, and it's 45 minutes away. That's the way it should be. So the apiary <laughs> was 15 minutes, and me and Mom went out there. Jack came with us, and okay. we fell in love. Like, my first time out there, I was like, how do I get a job here? Uh-huh. And I gained a lot of knowledge just in a few short months and realized mm-hmm. what I had done wrong and 
how to make our bees succeed. And now today we have seven hives. Ooh. Hopefully by January we will have 12. Okay. Because technically we have to have 12 to get our ag exemption. Oh, I think that's the other part that yep. on that show I was watching, they were like, yeah, in order to get your exemptions, you have to have like a certain amount per, I guess, the acreage, acreage that you have. Yep. So, and it's by county. So every county is different with what they require. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to have 12. So we're working our way to, towards that. Okay. Yeah. So like, you know, the apiary, how are they getting their bees? They produce their own bees. So they've actually been in business since 1888. Oh, They're wow. the longest consecutive beekeepers actually in the United States. Really? Yes. And they're just located in Navasota, little Texas. Navasota, Texas. <laughs> the biggest yep. small town in Texas. Yeah, so they they started off in 1888. Um, I actually do the history tours out there. We do a lot of really cool tours and okay. learned a lot about the history of the family. Their fourth generation Weaver owned at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started off with Humble beginnings at 10 hives that they got for a wedding gift from one of their family members. And today they have about 3,500 hives. Wow. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> it's like you're trying to get 12 and they're like, oh, we got 3,500. Yep. We're, we're still working. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So they just, okay, I know they come in a box. Uh-huh. And you're supposed to have like the boxes or whatever where you keep them. Correct. So how are you transporting these from the apiary to it's the bees final destination a great 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 question um so you have a couple of different options as a beekeeper you can get what's called a package of bees it's three pounds of shaken bees it's also what we call a wild hive or a wild swarm mm-hmm. um then you essentially get to just shake that into your hive at home they don't have a lot to start with so that's okay. more for an experienced beekeeper um what i always recommend for new beekeepers is a nucleus or a nuke um, and that's a white box. It's a little, uh, it's kind of like cardboard that has a wax coating on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just for transportation. But you get four frames of bees. Um, you have your in-hive frame feeder. So on your frames, you have your queen bee, you have worker bees, you have some drone bees. You've got larva that's already started. You have capped brood that's about to emerge and even eggs and some, some stock of honey. So it's, the, it's, it's a nucleus colony. It's a small colony of bees. Um, and you just move that over your four frames and your in-high frame feeder to your permanent home when you get back with them and they just get going. Wow. If, if, if fed properly, they boom. <laughs> if, you, if you give them their actual food, they'll be fine. And the reason you feed them is just because, like, you know, obviously, like, you get to your new home. Like, so say you move. Now you have to find the grocery store. So same That's thing true. for them. They don't know their surroundings. It takes them quite a while to get their bearings underneath them. So you're supplementing in the time that it takes them to find that food source. Oh, okay. Now once they found their food source, then it's like... Yep, you stop feeding. They're yep, on their own. exactly. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I did not know any of that. I'm like, you know, you just figure like, okay, you put the boxes out. And then what is the whole deal with like the smoke? Like when you... Oh, great question. Like how do you yeah. like... Like, <laughs> how does that actually deter them from getting wild? Yeah, and so like, uh, let's sting you. Bees communicate by scent, and they have little scent receptors on their bodies. And so, 
Just like when you were, if you were to go over to a friend's house, you wouldn't just like barge in the front door uh, and say, hey, I'm here. I don't know. I tend to do that all the time. (laughs) If it's a good friend, obviously, yes. But if it's someone you're not too too acquainted with, you wouldn't do that. So smoke um, essentially just stops that receptor from them being able to talk to one another. So you smoke the entrance. You're letting Mm -hmm. them know, hey, I'm coming in. When you crack open that lid, you're also smoking them. Um, And that just deters them from sending out an alarm pheromone. So the alarm pheromone is what alerts all the other bees in the hive. Uh, Mm -hmm. Hey, somebody's coming in, be on high alert. So basically, you're going in Mm -hmm. like a Green Beret or maybe like a SWAT team, tossing the smoke grenades, being like, we're coming in. (laughs) Now we can't see each other. (laughs) No time to prepare. Things are about to happen. We're just going to go from there. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. Not so <laughs> okay. aggressive. I mean, you had to go in very gently. Um, bees kind of get riled up for any various of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. One of them being weather. That's a huge component in beekeeping. Mm-hmm. So you never want to get into your hive if there's any chance of rain on the oh, forecast. Because okay. um, they can just sense it. So they get a little bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like I have a lot of references to homes. So like you wouldn't go into your house and put all of your windows up right before a huge torrential storm going to come through true same thing with a beehive like they don't they're trying to hunker down and get as much supply as they can into their home Mm -hmm. before rain comes in because i don't know how long it's going to rain we live here in texas i mean it could be a day it could be two hours it could be weeks so they have to have enough supplement and and stores in their home to keep them alive um without knowing the you know how long it's going to last well I have to admit that, I mean, bees are intelligent, right? They're crazy Because I'm like, from what you're telling me, it's like they are ridiculously intelligent creatures. It's insane. I mean, they, with the whole, like, pollinating and, I mean, the fact that, I mean, they send out these different signals back and forth, like, hey, stuff's going down or, you know, whatnot. I don't know. Bee biology is one of the most interesting things I've learned in the last 20 years. I mean, it's just crazy. You never stop learning about the the biology biology of the bee. Um, it's I mean, we have a we have a beekeeper at at Bee Weaver, and he's mm. been with us for fifty five years. Oh wow! So he knows the stuff. He knows a thing or two, and he'll even. I mean, he's so modest about it. He's like, you know, I learn something new every single day that I'm in a beehive. Like, there's wow. nothing that ever catches me off guard. I'm like, oh wow, you know. Uh, I didn't know that before. It's it's almost like an eagerness to learn because they teach you something new every time you go in. So it never mm-hmm. stops. And that's really interesting. That's kind of what keeps me on my toes at my work, um, just learning new stuff and new ways of, of problem solving when it comes to beekeeping. Wow. Yeah. So in your life, because I know personally for me, yes, I've been sung like twice <laughs> ever. It's not something I'm looking for. Right. You know, one of which was my fault because, yes, did I leave the windows down in the car in the country? I sure did. And when I grabbed that seat, oh, I got God. stung. And I was like, well, this is this is just lovely. Yep. But how many times have you been stung since you've begun, you know, the, oh, the joys of beekeeping? You know, in the beginning, I was trying to keep tally. <clears throat> and then you start talking to enough beekeepers and they're like, I just forget about that tally because it's just going to become old news mm-hmm. um i don't know at this point i probably get stung like every other time i get in my hive okay so i get in my hives about once a month um now in the beginning you get in your hive two times a week mm-hmm. so so you're getting stung pretty often in the beginning it 
was more often, um, but the longer you you work your bees, a so they're they're scent based creatures, correct? Uh, so they know like you're so not. So they know right. my scent now. However, my mom's bees are usually the ones that sting me because she works her hives, I work mine. Mm-hmm. And if she needs help with her bees, I'm not just gonna leave her hanging. Obviously, I'm gonna Absolutely. help her. Um, and those are the ones that always sting me. Mm-hmm. I mean, nine times out of ten, if I get stung, it's when I'm in her hive. So it's not like she's just whispering like, hey, when she comes in here, I need you to sting the crap out of her. No, she would never. I know. She wouldn't do that. <laughs> but just saying, you never know what can happen. No, I'm kidding. I know your mom would not Yeah, do so and, and a lot of people err, some beekeepers err on the side of caution of like suiting up completely. Like, you know, yeah, head I've to toe. They're, the... not gonna get, they're not going to get stung. And that's a really scary place to be because if, so say you start beekeeping, you get stung like five times that first year, 10 times, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Second year you go into it, you've learned your lesson, you're going to suit up completely. Now you get no stings and you get no stings for like, you know, one, two, three years, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. your body starts to react differently. So whereas you Uh. might've not been allergic to bees prior, now third year, four year into beekeeping, you just went to anaphylactic shock. That's um, true. And so that's a huge thing that people don't realize. So most beaker, beekeepers will tell you, like, get stung, you know, five to times ten, five to five to ten times a year is like five five times at minimum. And that's mm-hmm. just to make sure that you're keeping that that venom, I guess, mm-hmm. in your body. I don't really know all the science behind well, I mean, it. it but... It's almost like you're starting to build like antibodies. It's almost like with the flu vaccine, different things like that, right. where it's like yeah, you're technically getting a strain, but your body's building those defenses. Right. Same thing, like, yep. hey, you're getting stung, but your body's like, okay, I can survive this. Yeah. And then, And then you, know, you have the crazy people who do apotherapy. I've heard of that, where it's like <laughs> they just get, like, stung, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is, it's almost like back in the day when they had those doctors are like, oh, you're you're a little sick? You know what? Here's cocaine. That'll do it for you. <laughs> here's, here's some shots of whiskey. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so apotherapy, I mean, what are the benefits? Like, is this one, is it actually something that works? And two, what are the benefits of it if you decide to do it? Okay. Um, I'm in the standpoint of it can be beneficial, but it's one of those things It's a toss-up. It depends on who you talk to. Okay. Um, I've had a lot of people come into the store and buy what we call a mini bee pack. So it's it's an apotherapy. It's a little box and it has 12 bees in it and you Mm -hmm. go home and you stain yourself. Um, so, obviously you would want to consult with a doctor beforehand. How do you sting yourself? Are you just like taking the box and putting it on your, no, your body? No, there's, there's a little cork and a lot of people just use their, their tweezers and they'll pull one bee out at a time and put the cork back in. Um, but it's used a lot for people who have like Lyme's disease or, oh, okay. um, they have, you know, autoimmune issues or something of that nature. Um, even like some, I know a lot of elderly people that use it for their joints. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've tried it on my wrist cause I've, you know, I've broken my wrist a few times mm-hmm. over the years and I haven't seen any, you know, crazy benefits from it. But I'm also not probably doing it frequently oh, enough, enough to to you know warrant the benefits from it. Um, I have a lady who is is huge on it, and she's got crazy spine issues from a from a car wreck that she was in mm-hmm. maybe ten years ago or so. And so she'll use the entire mini V pack in one session. So she oh, wow. lines up her entire spine. So she gets about twelve stings, six mm-hmm. on each side of her spine, and her husband helps it with her. And she says it's been life life changing and life saving for her. 
Wow. As far as like mobility is going and pain and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of all of the whole gamut of what happens after you really mess your body up. Yeah. So, well, yeah. <laughs> at least at least it it works for some people. And like yes. you're saying, I guess it's like if you do it enough times, then mm -hmm. you get the benefits. It's almost like, you know, like I I had a uh, a client who she did homeopathic medicine, but it's more of like she specialized in acupuncture. Okay. And she's like, yes, it does work. You just have to do enough sessions mm -hmm. for it to actually take effect. Yeah. You do one session, uh, you may get something. Right. But it's not going to be as strong as if you continually do that. Yep. So I can see how that works because realistically, I thought I was going to do it. I thought about it, and I'm like, mm, I don't know if I can do acupuncture, but maybe one day anything could happen. Yeah, I've tried so. it once. What do you think? It was good. So I, I was like, my heat index is always super high, so I'm just always hot. Mm -hmm. And I heard, uh, not apotherapy, um, acupuncture. Acupuncture <laughs> could help with it. And I went and got it done with my mom, and I'm telling you what, she's like, okay, well, there's certain certain spots on your body that you mm -hmm. puncture for certain relief and and different arenas or whatever it was mm -hmm. and she told me she's like this is the spot and I'm telling you what I don't know if it was all in my mind or whatever but as soon as she hit that point I felt not a gust of air or anything like that but the room the temperature of the room dropped like five oh, wow. degrees okay and wow. I did feel some relief like the week following and then obviously I, I never went back because it's kind of expensive but oh yeah it's definitely <laughs> pricey but you know that is incredible because you know really you, you cool. think about it and you're like, okay, we have all these drugs now that do a bunch of crazy things. Right. Like we have literally a pill or something for everything. Everything. Now. And you think like way back in the day, it's like back BC. Uh huh. It's like they didn't have that stuff. No. But yet they had herbs. Now, <laughs> granted, even with the herbs, they had a shorter life expectancy. But and yeah, there were like rampant disease and things like that. But it didn't mean that your life was like, you couldn't live past like 12. It's like people lived longer mm -hmm. than that. And they survived. And throughout years, it's like you just found out things that work. Yeah. But this is one of those ancient medicines where it's like, it has stood the test of time yeah. for a long time. Which I'm assuming, same thing with apiary therapy or... Uh-huh. It's just I like, guess so. I don't know how long people have been trying it. But well, I guess since... I mean, as long as bees have been around, exactly. maybe. Because, you know, somebody somewhere was probably hiking through the woods and they were, you know, maybe it was Lewis and Clark and Sacagawea <laughs> is like, you know what? Your back's hurting, Clark. Let me get you a few bees. And before you know it, Clark's like, I am tip-top Magoo. I am ready to journey my way on over to California and discover myself some undiscovered land. There you go. So Could have been the bees. It could have been. Who's to prove us wrong? That's right. I guarantee you so much wrong. I'd be like, you're dead wrong. <laughs> but it's okay. Back check. <laughs> Sorry. So if anyone who is listening is like, yeah, I know the truth behind that, feel Please. free. Yeah, yeah, tell us. Hit us I'd up. love to know. So anyways, yes. So now going into the byproduct of what bees normally give us, which is honey. Right. Like... I know honey does a lot of things. In fact, a lot of people say like, hey, get a spoonful of natural honey mm -hmm. if you want to escape those allergies that you get every season. Do you know so why? I have no <laughs> clue why. Enlighten me. Okay. So, uh, 
you're correct. Honey has wonderful medicinal properties to it. Not only is it antimicrobial, um, it's, it's, uh, it, anything a bee makes has wonderful medicinal properties, wax, propolis, honey, all of it. So honey more specifically for allergies. So if you think about it, the things that are pollinating around you are where, what, what, what's causing your allergies, correct? Yeah, it's definitely the pollen. Yep. So when a bee goes off and it pollinates all of these flowers and it brings all of that pollen and that nectar back to the hive, it then puts it into the cells and flaps its wings to get it to the perfect balance of water and, and nectar, um, mm. which is about 18%. Oh. Uh, just a little fun fact for you. <laughs> but what happens is when your body, so if you eat that spoonful of honey, mm-hmm. And you have all of those pollens around you that are that they're pollinating off of. Um, your when your body is processing the honey, it's slowly becoming immune to to those pollens. Ah, okay. And so a spoonful a day is what they say. You have to be ritualistic about it. It takes a month or two for it to really come into full effect. Um, more specifically, as of recently, I've been doing comb honey. And comb honey is what has really curved everything for me. So I was. Now that's the one with the comb is like actually in the yes. bottle or the yep. whatever so you, receptacle. So you eat the whole thing. Um, we call it hillbilly bubble gum around here. Because mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> it does kind of turn into a gum form. Um, and so that more specifically has been helping me with my allergies. And you've um, seen a significant improvement? Oh, yeah, within three days. So I was doing oh, wow. local honey uh, j- just every single day. And it would give me relief all the way through the day up until the, the evening, like when I was, you know, getting ready for bed. And I'd have a little bit of a scratchy throat or even a little bit hard to swallow. And then I started implicating the, the comb honey every morning. And by the third morning, uh, or sorry, the third night, I went mm. to bed and I was like, oh my gosh, I can swallow and I don't feel anything. You can totally breathe and you're perfectly uh, fine. Dude, I'm telling you, it was it was kind of revolutionary. And I was like, okay, everybody needs to be eating the comb honey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm just like, yeah, that is unbelievable. Because, you know, you really think like, okay, the honey I get. Okay. Slight change right here. Okay. Okay. Is there a difference between the honey that you're getting in the grocery store? Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) You know where I'm going with this. A, always check the back of the label. What should everyone look for to know? Like, okay, is this legit real or It'll just say honey. Um, and look at where it's coming from. So there should be a location on there. So if it says like local raw grade A honey, check the back of it. It could be like from Savannah, Georgia. And those are none of the pollens that have anything to do with your allergies. So it's not going to do anything for you. No, it's going to taste great. But I mean, other than that, nothing medicinal. So I always tell people who, if you see somebody on the side of the road selling honey, you better pull your car over. Okay. Pull your car over. Toss them a Ben Franklin. That's tell right. Them, Give me some honey. I want some of that local stuff. And then on top of that, ask them how many hives they're working with. And so that'll be a huge indicator on how beneficial it's going to be for you. Um, so if they say, you know, I don't have like 10 or 20 hives. First and foremost, always buy a little bit of honey from somebody that's selling locally. Mm-hmm. Always support them. But that might not be the one that you want for medicinal properties. The one you're looking for is if they say they have like over 80 or 100 hives, those are the people that you want to buy honey from. And the reason behind that is because they usually don't have 80 to 100 hives in one yard. Mm-hmm. So a little, little 
I'm going to backtrack just a second. So bees will only travel about two miles out and two miles back in. So mm-hmm. based on location, they're only getting that variety of flowers and pollens in that specific area. Now, if you have 80 to 100 hives, you have to put them in multiple yards, mm-hmm. which have different types of flowers in each one of those yards. So what happens is once you pull all of your honey and you're extracting it and you're barreling it, most apiaries or most people, beekeepers, will harvest it all together. And so you're getting multiple areas of pollens all harvested together. So you're getting more flowers, Mm -hmm. okay? Different pollens, wider variety. And so if they tell you they have that many hives, probably buy, you know, the four pounder or the two pounder, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, get their card. Those are the, those, those are the people you want to buy honey from. Okay. You, you just like try to stay away from the grocery store honey because it's just, it, it's from what you're saying, it sounds like it's like, okay, yeah, it's going to taste great. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, I'm looking for something to kind of help with the allergies or whatnot, it's like, yeah, it's not going to do anything for you. Yeah. If you're using on a biscuit buy the stuff from the grocery store mm-hmm. if you're if you're using it you know but even if you're buying it from like a local supplier i'm like well you're supporting like mm-hmm. a smaller business yeah. which i'm totally all about yep but in addition i'm like you know i'm assuming it doesn't have like all the preserves and things that we normally put into our foods keep them like yep you know yep help them stay longer so it's like the flavors probably be a lot more richer mm-hmm. if you do that yeah i don't know that for certain but it well it definitely helps um and i've even seen honeys i uh, jack always tells me i spend too much time in the honey section of the grocery store because i'm always trying to figure out how legit it is <laughs> <laughs> so if you look at the back of it some of it says high fructose corn syrup and See? honey and it's like Okay, that's not honey. Yeah, that's not part of... I, I don't know a bee that makes high fructose no. corn syrup. So that's kind of what I was saying earlier. I always look at the back of it. just says honey. That's that's a good indicator that it's legit. Um, look at the location. But and, and based off of location, you'll get different varieties of honey. So where I work, we have 25 flavors of honey. Mm-hmm. Some of those are infused where we add different things to the honey to infuse it with flavor, such as coffee beans or chili peppers or whatever it may be to give it that extra little oomph of flavor. But a lot of them are just based on location. So we have one from South Texas, that's Wajio. Um, and it's a really nice, light, sweet, thick honey. Uh, the wildflower one that we produce is a little bit more um, thinner in consistency, has that molasses, very rich floral fl- flavor. Um, we have one from Mexico that's a Mexican mesquite, and it's got um, almost like a smoky aftertaste to it. Um, some from Wyoming that are infused and they have like huckleberry or, you know, raspberry or cinnamon or whatever it may be. Um, so you can get a very, very wide variety of honeys, um, you know, obviously infusions, but more specifically just based off of the location of the flower. Um, so some of them are, you know, an orange orchard. So you have an orange blossom, um, and just based off of the location, you know, if you're in a huge orchard, it's going to be just that one specific flower versus, you know, multitudes if it's over, you know, five counties or whatever. Wow. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like if somebody has not, like, such as myself, uh-huh. has not taken the opportunity to visit a, a bee farm, yep. it's like, you probably want to head on out there and take a quick visit, a tour. Yeah. And in fact, I mean, how many, like, I know 
because of, you know, the TikTok, the Instagram. <laughs> We've all kind of gotten a little bit more information on hate from a very specific person who shall not be named for very specific reasons. But, you know, it's like, just get out there, kind of learn a little bit more about, like, what the benefits are. And plus, I mean, it's delicious. Yes. Like, who's going to turn away something that's been honey like covered like uh, honey roasted ham or oh, turkey yes. or maybe ooh honey roasted peanuts that's even better mm-hmm. um you I, know make what? A, I make a mean brussels sprout bake with one of our hot honeys really oh yeah ooh, see look at that <laughs> you head on out there you get yourself a brussels sprout bake i mean like oh my god you're eating like a doctor but Speaking of, you know, the social media game, okay, we have all seen people who are, like, wearing, like, the beards of of bees and things, like, how how do you do that without getting stung? (laughs) Like, how do you get them to, like, amass themselves in that conglomerate and think, like, okay, yeah, we're cool, like, everything's fine, nothing's gonna happen, I can move from this person's face back to my hive. Um... Yeah, so we had our BuzzFest event the, uh, just a few months ago. Clever name. I yep. like it. And uh, one of the weavers, so Travis, he, he had a bee beard this past year. And it's a little bit finicky. So what you do is you actually grab a queen. Um, mm-hmm. And you have her in what we call a, a queen box. And that's what we ship our queens in or, or queen cage. And you kind of wear it as a necklace. Mm-hmm. Um, and you essentially just grab a bunch of bees and you gently put them up to the bottom of the chin so the Mm. the queen cage is kind of right there at the bottom of the chin uh, wrapped around the neck and then they just gently put the bees up there and they want to be as close to that queen as possible and so they kind of just migrate towards that section and then you can obviously use, um, I say obviously, you can use Vaseline like on the, the jawbone or, or sorry, the, what is this called? Like you're pointing right by your yes. eyes. Your uh, cheeks? Your cheek, yeah, your cheekbone all the way up to your ears and that creates a barrier because they don't want to get their feet dirty. And mm-hmm. so they won't go past that. So you can kind of dictate where they're going or where they're not going mm-hmm. um, by using simple things like Vaseline. So that begs the question, Mm -hmm. what is the obsession with the queen? Like, why are they all going for this one bee? So there's one queen per hive, and she kind of does really so much. So she does all of the laying. Every bee in that box is her child. Oh, wow. She, in her prime, so like right now in in the midst of the the summer, she's laying about 2,000 eggs a day. Oh wow! Okay, that's <laughs> so she's like one of those very busy. Yeah, I mean, I thought people who had like five, six children were busy. I'm like, clearly, yeah, she's very busy. So the hive cannot live without the queen, and the queen cannot live without the hive. So they oh, wow. do everything for her. So it's they a very symbiotic her. relationship. Yes. They feed her, they water her. I mean, she cannot even take her excrements out of the hive. They do all of that for her, and in return, she makes the colony larger. Oh, wow. Yep. So she's like, okay, y'all been doing great. Yep. Let me get you some more help. Yep. It's kind of like having the world's best boss, except for you're doing a lot of things for your boss where you normally probably wouldn't do this. For, you're not going to take your boss's excrement out. No. But no, no. if your boss is like, 
you know what? You've graduated. I actually have more folks that I birthed myself who are going to start <laughs> taking this out. So you're now on food duty. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's pretty wild. So a queen will live about two to five years mm-hmm. um, in comparison to a worker bee that will only live about 35 days. Wow. And okay. a drone bee will live ab- about 60 days. So... Like, how is the queen bee's life expectancy so long comparative to the children? I, you know, I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously, she's not going out and working. So, so worker bees literally work themselves to death. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the, the 35 days, their wings are tattered. All of their body hair is mostly gone. Um, you know, they've been traveling five miles every single day, whereas she's inside of the hive and just, you know, primarily laying um, and, and so she lives much, much longer in the winter. However, a worker bee can live up to six months. So oh, they're wow. not, they're not out foraging. So it, it probably has a lot to do with the foraging mm-hmm. aspect of it. Um, and so, yeah, the, the worker bees. So if you ever see a, a bee out on a flower, that is a female, she will sting you. Um, not on purpose. She, you know, that's kind of a last resort, but she does have the, the, ability to sting mm-hmm. um and they're the hardest workers uh, next to the the queen bee i would say the hardest workers because they're doing everything as far as you know producing honey and producing the wax and all of that mm-hmm. um a drone bee does not have a stinger unless you're inside of a hive or if you happen to find yourself in a drone mating uh, congregation area you mm-hmm. probably won't see them out in the wild um but they cannot sting so they're pretty much defenseless. They're defenseless. Their their primary goal is to mate with other queens in the surrounding area and mm. to eat the honey. So basically <laughs> live the good life. Well, up until mating happens. So they, unfortunately they do die upon uh, inseminating the queen. Their reproductive organs are expelled from within them and they drop to their death. But, well, Andre, they said it was worth it. Hey, I was just about to say, I was like, what better way to pass on where it's just like, all right, I've, I've climaxed. I am done here. Yep. I have done everything I need to do in this life. But then again, I mean, as the queen bee, you're probably like, oh, all right. There's someone's entrails again. We're the worker bees. Get them in here. Uh, clean that up. Yeah. She'll, uh, so when a, when a queen is at a point where she is ready to mate, she'll, she, she goes on her mating flight and she'll mate mm-hmm. with anywhere from 15 to 25 different drone bees on that flight. And then she goes back into the hive and she never leaves. She has everything she needs within her for the rest of her life. So she's just running those streets. That's right. It's That's almost right. like in that, uh, that movie, 40 year old virgin where he's like, Paul Rudd's character is like, my uncle used to have a hoe runner. <laughs> and the other guy's like, yeah, he's like, you gotta be running those hoes, Andy. So that's basically what the queen bee's doing. That's she's right. hopping in her hoe runner. And she's running those hoes. Dude, she's, she's got to make it worth it. Hey. I'll, One night that, out on the town, you better make it worth it, girl. Absolutely. People think they're getting <laughs> wild in Vegas. It's like, hmm, I don't know. That's probably a good business idea. Yeah. Create a queen bee experience. But then again, oh, I'd no. probably end up in no. jail. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be on, on board I, I think I'm going to pass. Scratch <laughs> that last statement. Did not mean it at all. <laughs> Talk yourself right back out of it. Yep, talk myself right (laughs) out of it. Now, if someone else does do that, it is recorded right here. TM, TM, TM. Exactly. (laughs) Trademarked. So, just saying. But, wow. Well, 
I have to admit, I mean, this has been really enlightening. I like, know. I did not know any of this. I didn't know and any it, of this prior to working at the B Farm. I didn't know a lick of this. And look how look how much joy this has brought you. And I mean, like you said, you're always learning something new every day. And it's rare that you're in a career field, like anyone's in a career field, mm-hmm. where they have that consistent new learning opportunity and they have to be part of something that's so integral to life it's such a blessing i mean you you think about it it's like without like bees pollinating anything it's like yeah we wouldn't have everything that we see dude we wouldn't have food like it just would not exist (laughs) no they're part of the basic building blocks of life well and also like how many people get to say that they like they legit enjoy their jobs exactly most people are like can't wait to get out of here done out meanwhile you get to enjoy every single day you go in and and on thursdays through sundays i get to go to the meadery and enjoy some honey wine wait there's honey wine girl Ooh, ooh. it is fermented honey they call it mead i call it the drink of the viking wait that's the whole grog and mead thing yes oh my god Uh, yes okay so we have a meadery on site where we well, I say we. I don't do. I don't do shit for it. But I, I drink a lot of it. Um, I, I help keep keep the doors open. I guess. But yeah, they they use bee weaver wildflower honey, and mm. they make their amazing, beautiful concoctions. So is this like just you drink it straight? You mix it? Like what do you do? So Jeff has a completely different take on mead than I even knew existed. So A, he carbonates it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a huge component in how easy and palatable it is. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this is not talking shit about Renaissance Festival, but if you've ever had fair mead, it mm-hmm. is very syrupy. It's very oh. mouthy. Um, it's just like, it's it's almost too much. Like you can't have, as far as me, I can't have more than one glass. Mm-hmm. But with the way that he makes it, he carbonates it so it's super palatable. And he also uses local in-season fresh fruit. I feel oh, like wow. that is such a huge contender a huge in it. Um, and so my favorite is a blueberry mead that he makes. It helps that it's 13% alcohol. I was about obviously. to ask that. I'm like, how many percent is in this? <laughs> So, yeah, he has two different styles, um, a lower alcohol content, which is about 7%. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are all beautiful. And then he has his his second batch, which is um, anywhere from about 11% to 13%. Wow. All kinds of flavors. That is oh, incredible. So I'm like, good. okay, definitely have to try some mead. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to drive after that, but then again. You know what? We just opened up an Airbnb, so you can stay 10 feet away. You can get all the meat in your belly and then stay the night. See? Even better. (laughs) I'm like, okay, anyone listening who's like, I need a weekend getaway, forget Chip and Joanna Gaines, Magnolia Farms, whatever it is. That's old news. You go down to Bee Weaver. Come out to the farm. You go out to the farm. Do a hive tour, drink some mead, shop at the retail store, and then just pass out at the Air B and B. B. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm just like, that's clever. And Uh, plus, after the pandemic, the pandemic, whatever you want to call it, everyone's trying to get out. And, you know, it's like we... get away. Yeah, you can't Treat like yourself, Andre. Exactly. It's like we all can't leave the US for the most part. It's like so I actually read an article that said that a lot of people are actually going into the country. They're going into nature. Yeah. Because they're like, 
I just don't need to see like what I see every day. Yep. I need something different that I am not used to. And it's becoming like almost a luxury getaway now mm-hmm. where it's like, I mean, there are people charging an insane amount to go into like the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But you know we who's not, not going to charge an amount. Exactly. <laughs> so hop on in the, the Toyota Sienna or, you know, the B-Mobile, whatever you want to call your car. And you get on down there, get the mead, get the tour, stay at the Airbnb. And you know what? You're not going to leave empty handed because you can purchase some honey to go. That's right. So. Bee Weaver Honey Farm, baby. And that's the website as well? Uh, yep. Beeweaver.com. Alrighty. Well, <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to yeah, come on down. A little busy bee. Yeah. And just share some <laughs> knowledge. I would say crack eggs of wisdom here, but you know what? What you did was you you really gave insight on something that, quite frankly, we all take for granted because we're not thinking about like all things that bees do. But there's so many benefits and you know, it just shows that literally there's something amazing just about everywhere you look. Yeah. So you just have an to- hour outside of Houston, an hour away from Woodland Spring, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, we're just an hour out, man. Easy to get to. Yep. Easy well, to find. If you really, really enjoyed this episode, please make sure to like, rate, subscribe, tell your friends. Who knows? Maybe they'll enjoy it too. And if you didn't like it, still, just say something. Like, put it in a comment somewhere. I don't know. (laughs) Do what you need to. But stay tuned for next episode. Who knows what will happen. We'll have some more great content for you. And thanks again for listening.